It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And so, you know, I looked at it and we were recruiting these inner city kids, and from day one, I talked to them about when they got their college degree. You know, if you really believe in something, John, it's part of your personality. My personality was, hey, these guys are college graduates. We were one in 15 in Dallas, and I took my guys out, Tony and Dave and Butch and all that crew. We went to a little restaurant, and I said, guys, just hang with me. I told you we are going to win a national championship when I was at Oklahoma State. Now, we had to go to another university to do it, but we won it. I said, hang with me. We're going to win a Super Bowl. We operated as if we were going to win a Super Bowl. It wasn't hoping. It wasn't dreaming. It was believing. And I think that if that's your personality, it carries over to the players. Right. It carries over to the assistant coaches. That's the way they deal with the players. And, hey, after a couple of years, all of a sudden these players are believing they're going to win it. I think that motivates the average player to be a good player. The best way to kick off your day is with Defo plus Luby. We now return to the Defo Show. Welcome back to the show, uh, and it was great having Jack Studiali on the program, a Tropical Acres Tuesday, and it's the ALT Depot Show here on 940 Winds, 1230 The Zone, around the world on the iHeartRadio app. 640 tonight for the Marlins, by the way. Marlins and the Mets. Mets in town to take on the Marlins 640 for the first pitch. That means 6 o'clock for the pregame show with Kyle Seeloff as the Marlins in the deal. Volkswagen run for 71. I don't know if I want to throw words around like hopeless there, uh, Louie, but uh, need to go 14 and 11 in the last 25. Uh, be a bit optimistic there. People were optimistic about the uh, Hurricanes and their chances against Alabama. At least those there were had their hopes and dreams crushed like a grape. Joining us right now for Dateline Dolphins, and it was great having Jimmy on the show there a couple of weeks ago. And always uh, terrific talking to this gentleman, a longtime football analyst for ESPN on the college level. Played college football at Pitt, followed in the footsteps of the great Dan Marino. Uh, many, many years associated with the Dolphins organization. Does a great job uh, observing what's happening with the fish. Dateline Dolphins, John Kajemi, welcome to the program. Great to have you on the show, my friend. Hey, thanks, Defo. Thanks, Luby. Glad to be with you guys on a Tuesday. Good morning, Mr. Kajemi. Well, it's good to have you. Yeah, and uh, John, usually with us every Monday uh, from 9 to 10 with Dateline Dolphins. Brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Uh, thus, uh, it doesn't take much. Uh, a great genius uh, intellect to put together. Hey, that's why Jimmy was on the show. It was great <laughs> having him on there. And uh, we hope to do it again, John. We're going to start bugging you for another yes. date because uh, we want to get down there once the football season is on. Uh, quick thought, though, on these college games. Is, uh, is it possible we could talk Jimmy into getting up there? I don't know if he did. Uh, is it possible you could get him to speak to the Hurricanes? <laughs> and uh, do some of the things that he was talking about in that clip? Because, uh, wow, I mean... You talk about a team that did not look ready to go. That the tackling was abysmal at best, and then on top of that, this play calling. Well, I mean, I, I literally I was ready to throw something at my television set. If it wasn't so expensive, I, I would have broken it on Saturday. Well, you know what, guys? It was obviously highly disappointing the way the way Miami played, the way they tackled, the way they were a bit conservative on offense. And you know, quite frankly, let's let's face it, they stepped up in weight class. 
against Alabama. And no doubt, I don't. I'm not. I'm not so sure if there's a long list of uh, really valued names uh, around the country. If it, if that was Michigan, they would have got pounded. If that was, uh, I don't know, a, a medium team uh, in another medium team in the ACC with a brand name, they would have got pounded. Uh, look at Louisville uh, last night and Ole Miss. Ole Miss looked like uh, gangbusters yeah. uh, because of their tempo and pace and, and the way that they're hard to handle. But Louisville looked abysmal for, for most of that game. And they're supposed to be a, you know, quote-unquote decent team. So I, I, I think it's easy to get over overly disappointed uh, with Miami, and you should be disappointed. I mean, you should play better. You should tackle better. You should uh, look like you belong a little bit more. But I think they're going to be okay as the season moves along just because they're going to be back in their weight class. They're going to be back in, in where they're the faster team. They're the more dominant team uh, on the line of scrimmage. They're the better play-calling team, the better coach team as they move along. It's hard to digest that after watching how badly they were beaten at the line of scrimmage. Remember, Alabama's like Georgia. Alabama's more like Auburn. Alabama's more like Texas A&M. Miami's not close anymore, guys. And the quicker that you can wrap your head around the realization of what, what really is when you watch the team, they're going to be okay against Georgia Tech. They'll be okay against uh, North Carolina. They'll be okay against Virginia or Pitt, but not against those guys. It's a different animal. And the sooner people can wrap their arms around that and say, okay, you know, every fifth or sixth year we're going to be able to compete against a team like that. But it's not year in and year out right now. We're talking with uh, John and Jimmy, of course, Dailing Dolphins, uh, Jimmy Johnson's big show each and every Monday, like Defoe said, 9 to 10 today because of the holiday yesterday on Tuesday, 9 to 10. Okay, so you answered it, what you would think expectations should be for the Canes. What should expectations be for Manny Diaz? Because I don't understand the fire him stuff. I mean, again, Alabama, there's about four teams that can hang with Alabama, and then no one else can in the country. So, yes, that was what I expected from Miami Saturday. But, like you said, like Defoe's hammered, it shouldn't be that bad. (laughs) Like, they should be around for at least a half. Like, they were nowhere to be found the entire game. And everyone's putting that on Diaz. What do you expect from Manny Diaz as their head coach? Well, I, I, I would put Main Boat as the University of Miami. Everybody's jumping to expectations after one game. Yes, it was bad. I, and I, I agree with the fans, and I agree that you expected more out of your team. But let's let this run its course over the season and see where they are when they play teams that they're expected to beat. No one. If you put money on Miami, you are a fool uh, against Alabama. You tell us now? You tell us now, John? Well, no, no, Defoe, I I said I thought it would be closer than people expected it to be, but I wasn't going to put my money where my mouth was. There's no way. Because you're um, smart. You're on your <laughs> well, you're no, smart. That's why we're gamble, still working at 70, John. You know that. <laughs> but, but I think you have to. Now, now this will be as bad as this sounds to Miami fans. This will be a better indication this week of where this team is against App State. Now, now if you're anywhere around my generation against App State, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. But people are living in the past. You have to get of the 80s and 90s anymore. And it just goes in cycles. I mean, every, Alabama wasn't back then. Yeah. So you, you just have to realize where you're at. And this game this week will give you a truer indication than against Alabama because, you're, believe it or not, you're closer to where Appalachian State is talent-wise than you are the University of Alabama. 
The great John Kajemi, Dateline Dolphins, with a 940 win, 1230 zone around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Well, herein lies the problem, because uh, I, like many people, I, you know, I, I kind of threw in a towel. Billy Corbin turned me on to the idea that uh, sometimes you just have to look at uh, your heroes and or, in this case, a team, a legendary team, a dynamic team, a dynastic team like the University of Miami, and realize that it, it's never happening again, that the ship has sailed. But people uh, are of the expectation that there's some chance uh, of getting back into that heavyweight division. And on the firing of Manny Diaz, which uh, naturally was going to come up, uh, is he equipped to, uh, you know, guide a team to that level again? Uh, if they had opened up against MIT and won 57 nothing, everybody would be saying, wow, we're back. Exactly. So, uh, unfortunately, they, they got slammed uh, in the face here, uh, hit with a haymaker right away. But, but here's what bothered me. I, I was actually screaming for, for a rare time. Uh, I mean, I, I had to look twice. I, I couldn't believe the Canes, third and 12, their opening possession. They're already down seven zip. 2.53 into the game, uh, 75-yard march uh, concludes with that touchdown with like 11 missed tackles on the final play uh, of the touchdown drive. Bam is up 7 nothing. You have the ball third and 12 on your own 42, and the guy runs one up the middle. I mean, yeah. John, if you're uh, the color analyst in that game, are, are you not also sitting there with your hands, hair standing up like Don King, screaming, uh, how, how the hell could they run the ball up the middle? You have to put some kind of pressure on this team if you can't trust your six-year quarterback to throw a pass there. Yeah, you're perplexed, and I would have said that probably on air. And the only thing I can think of as the game went along, they were saving. They were saying to themselves, let's save De'Ara King for when the games really matter so we have a chance to win the ACC. Because wow. I, I just don't Already? think last year. I think last <laughs> year he would, have ran the football, he would have ran the football that much more. I'm dead serious, guys. Yeah. They went into that game saying, if we're down 20 nothing or 27 nothing, which it was, yeah. why are we going to get our star quarterback killed and we have the rest of the season? Left. Let's just play it, play the string along. Let's play it out. Be conservative with what you do with him. I'm telling you, that's what that's the they had those meetings. Yeah, I'm smart. telling you for certain. And it's and just, they, it's smart because they weren't going to win that game. It's smart. It's just not what you want to hear, right? Like, it, it, but that's saying, reality. It's reality, guys. Yeah. I don't think the fans want to no, hear about uh, being competitive no, with Appalachian <laughs> State. My God. All right, uh, on the college scene, uh, just to uh, wrap up this whole college football thing, we want to get into the pros here, which uh, get underway on. On Thursday night, just two nights away from Dallas and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and, of course, the Dolphins taking on the Patriots in week one. Big, big matchup in the AFC East. All right, uh, several marquee games, John. Uh, Georgia and Clemson, obviously uh, the defense of Georgia there, uh, annihilating Clemson like that. Uh, Very, very impressive, uh, if not overwhelmingly so, based on the idea that their defense was also the only unit to put a touchdown on the board. Uh, the ACC looks like it completely sucks in terms of being overrated. <laughs> exactly. Uh, UCLA, I, I thought LSU, I mean, everything I read, John, uh, I don't know. You know, you can't believe everything you read, but you, you can't believe everything you see. We said this earlier. Uh, LSU was supposed to be vastly underrated by the uh, pundits that were making the preseason rankings, and UCLA's win over Hawaii uh, looked like a setup. Uh, so, uh, you know, UCLA wins that one. And uh, what, what what did you see overall? What what were the things that impressed you? And, of course, the Florida State-Notre Dame game uh, was very inspiring, even though it resulted in a loss for Florida State. So uh, what impressed you the most about the opening, essentially the opening week of college football? Well, Mackenzie Milton, number one. I, I was yeah, crying sure. on my couch, you know, and I'm, I'm dodging yeah. and moving around saying, don't hit him. <laughs> that was Rudy. Don't hit him. It was it was unbelievable. I mean, if they had gone on to win that game, which they really should have, uh, 
Florida State played a very competitive game against a, a good team in Notre Dame. So I was happy to see the competitiveness and the way that they didn't back down when they were almost two, two touchdowns back. That, that was impressive. I think UCLA, I mean, the, the difference between them and LSU, I think a lot had to do with that was their second game. At least they got a dress rehearsal and came out to see what they did well, what they can improve on going from week one to week two. And they've got some athletes. So I was impressed the way UCLA played against LSU and coming away. And Clemson, Georgia, that was a little bit unexpected. You expected it to be a low-scoring game, but not that low. I thought Clemson would be would get a little bit more on the offensive side, and they probably will as the season moves along. But those are two very good teams that are going to, you know. You didn't see that kind of panache there coming from the Hurricane football team. All right, uh, you're going to live in style if you go to Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. John, you turn us on in a place, and, and, you know, you're not prone to hyperbole. But nonetheless, I mean, you you could have said anything about this place, and it still would have been an understatement about how great it is. Yeah, I tried to tried to undersell it, but it's tough to do once you get there on property. It's such a beautiful place that Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. I know for football fans, you're going to like what they did in the sports bar. Totally renovated. Uh, they have uh, dolphin-themed sections. The U.M. fans are going to have fun. All college and, and NFL fans are going to have a, a blast in there. And then you walk outside to the Tiki Bar, and it's hard not to just uh, order a, a beverage of your choice and kind of look at the Bayside. Uh, the Key is just a beautiful place, and Jimmy Johnson's the service, and uh, Larry and Dominic and Amanda, they do such a great job down there. And I know we had a great time. Looking forward to going back maybe in the month of October uh, and catching Coach Johnson again for a, for a show or two. So that'll be a, a lot of fun, but just a spectacular place. The way From the minute you get there to the food and the beverage and the scenery, it's just a first-class operation. All right. Where should I circle? The 4th, the 11th, the 18th, or the 25th? <laughs> Probably towards the latter, Depot. Give me a couple more weeks. Yeah, I can't wait to get down there again. That was fantastic. Uh, everything you said about it was true, and then some. Uh, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, which you can find at Mile Marker 104, the Overseas Highway, that, of course, uh, being US-1 down there. And you can call them about uh, fantastic accommodations, very uh, different type of accommodations, but beautiful. 305-453-9066. 305-453-9066. Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. All right, coming back with more with John. We'll get into uh, the Dolphins and their opener against the New England Patriots, the rest of the National Football League as well, on Dateline Dolphins with John Jimmy. brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill on the ALT Defoe Show. Coming back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. It's 9.22. State Line Dolphins with John Congemi, and that's brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill in the Keys, and we're looking very much forward to doing some broadcasts there. I think we're going to head down there like once a month during the football season. I have to ask you this, on you know, and feel free to you know not necessarily spill the beans uh, from a personal standpoint to your good friend Dan Marino. Does he experience or did he ever experience nightmares about handing the ball off to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that one year when Jimmy <laughs> insisted on running the ball on every play? And uh, it, it was always, I mean, uh, the announcer, I think it was Ron St. John was a stadium announcer back then, and you could hear him say, hand off to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, gain of one, second and nine. Hand off to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, gain of one, third and eight. <laughs> Did he ever talk about that? Remember no, he's never days. really talked about that, Defoe. But you're right. I think they did have that on loop at whatever the stadium was called. At yeah, time. it was one yard every time. And it was a generous one yard they were giving him statistically. Enjoy your trip to work with lots of laughs, thanks to Defoe and Luby. Now on the Defoe Show.
sure you're proud of us, John Kajemi. Welcome back to the show, by the way. It's Dateline Dolphins with John Kajemi, brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Mile marker 104 in the Keys on the ALT Depot show. But I'm sure, uh, now, were you nervous at all that we were going to bring that up to Jimmy? Because, you know, you don't want to <laughs> necessarily, uh, you know, strike a negative chord there when a guy's being generous enough, a uh, man of his stature, to come and sit in with us for an hour. But did you think we would bring up the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar thing? I was hoping it didn't start the show. That that, that was, that was <laughs> um, my wishes did come true. Luby, great job on that. Uh, just kind of putting that on the back burner. But yeah, I, I thought it might come up. But good job, guys. Yeah, and the Damon Hewitt thing—that's a whole other story. But uh, a lot of fun being down there uh, with Jimmy Johnson. Now the uh, game, uh, of course, is on the horizon here. Uh, season opener uh, is Thursday, and it'll be Dallas and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from Raymond James in Tampa. Many South Floridians venturing up there, John Kajemi. Uh, quite a few people that I know are actually going to be in attendance at that game. Well, it's going to be a good one. Um, I, it'd be interesting to see with Tampa Bay having all all of their players back from a Super Bowl championship and Bruce Arians coming back and uh, a veteran football team. I, they're going to be a, a tough out. And Dallas has does have some question marks in terms of how is Dak going to bounce back? How is he, you know, health wise? Uh, he, he's had some issues during training camp with the shoulder. You, you hope the uh, ankle holds up, and and he's going to be raring to go for a seventeen game schedule. But should be a great kickoff to the NFL season. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Will the Dolphins-Patriots game for Dolphin fans be a great kickoff? To the NFL season, in your opinion, uh, I keep seeing the line. It's been hovering in two places, uh, Patriots uh, two and a half and Patriots three. And the latest that I saw was Patriots three. So uh, a little bit of capital being sent in on the New England Patriots. They're starting a rookie, and Brian Flores, you would have to think, uh, knowing uh, with his insight uh, into what Belichick likes to do, uh, you would think as a former defensive coordinator of the Patriots, uh, he might be just lighting up a cigar right now. In the video room, no? Figuring out ways to harass this rookie? Uh, what do you think? Uh, the Dolphins uh, getting three points in this ball game. I don't know. It looks logical to me, which is probably good reason for everybody to send it in on the pads. Well, it's, all, it's always an advantage when you're going to play a rookie quarterback week one with a defense that has multiple ske- uh, schemes that you've seen on film. So there's a lot to prepare for. Mac Jones... I mean, he's a smart, he's a smart quarterback. He's, he's way beyond his years in terms of the way he prepares, his knowledge of the game. I mean, every story that you read on him, uh, you know, if you want to take this, he, he, was, he was actually trying to teach uh, the offense, you know, to not only himself, which is a tough task, but Cam Newton, who, was, who he was competing with. Uh, and I'm sure communication between him and the wide receivers has been really good. Uh, he's one of those guys that, some like, some dislike going into the draft, but you couldn't have picked a better scenario or a better team or a better coach and offensive coordinator to go with than the New England Patriots for what his skill set provides. So although it's going to be a tough task for him facing uh, the Miami Dolphins, who show a different variety of defensive 
of sets and blitzes and formations. I, I think it's going to be a, a chess match that's still decided, you know, with a couple of explosive plays in, in the line of scrimmage play. Can the Miami offensive line hold up uh, against a vastly improved defense for the Patriots who have a number of guys that I'm sure want to come back and, and prove a point uh, to South Florida. Number one, Kyle Van Noy, uh, Dante Hightower, who didn't play last year, Matt Juron uh, that came over from Baltimore, who's spectacular. And they've got a beef, you know, Devon Gotchow, who's now in New England wearing different colors. So there, there's a number of different storylines along the line of scrimmage that are going to probably dictate the game a little bit more than the explosive plays. But if Miami can capture a couple more of those, I, I think that'll make it a close game. Luby hated the Mac Jones pick, which, of course, is why Belichick made it, because he realized <laughs> that <laughs> this kid was ticketed for Canton, first ballot Hall of Famer, following in the footsteps of the great Tom Brady in the 20-year run that he had there. Uh, and yet, you would have to think that going against a rookie, I mean, we have for the first time, I think in forever, the more experienced quarterback in the matchup against the Patriots. So Just imagine what, just imagine what yes. the Dolphins did last year to Herbert in terms of the way they played at Hard Rock Stadium when they had basically nine, ten guys standing up, moving around as the line of scrimmage. You're going to see a bunch of that from defensive coordinator Josh Boyer. It's just a matter of sometimes if you don't get there, you can get burned by a guy catching it, knowing where to go with the football, and being accurate down the field. That's the chess match fans should watch for when you see an exotic blitz by the Dolphins. Can they block it? Can Mac Jones see it, locate it, and get the football out accurately? If he does that more times, Dolphins have to come out of that. You become vanilla on defense, then it's then it's issues you know, for the defense. I took the under on 8.30 into the third quarter before we see Brian Hoyer come in to replace Mac Jones. <laughs> after after he, he's oh. just a- absolutely befuddled by the uh, Dolphin defensive configurations there. Uh, uh, one more thing before we uh, catch a break here, but uh, John Kajemi, of course, with the State Line Dolphins. And uh, it's brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill uh, in the Keys. Uh, earlier this morning, it was kind of interesting. I didn't expect this to be his answer. But the agent of the stars, Brett Tesler, said, I asked him what storyline he would be following this year, and I thought he might say, like, Stafford with the Rams or, you know, what, what's going to happen in New England or these rookie quarterbacks, and he said COVID. And uh, we've already seen a, a little impact. Uh, Austin Jackson, how, how important of a component is he? He made, uh, what, like 12 starts last year in 16 games for the Dolphins. I don't know that he distinguished himself that much. But he's now on the COVID list, and I don't know if he's going to be eligible to play or not. I, I would think not, uh, along with another player. On the Dolphins' run, he he might have a chance to come back. I'm not quite sure what the rules are for that, but it sounded like Coach Flores mentioned in his presser yesterday that one of the two players might have a chance to come back. The other player being Adam Shaheen, which I don't think will be eligible for the New England game. Uh, but Austin, it's a it's a big deal losing Austin Jackson. He's been planted at that left tackle position entire training camp and. Liam Eichenberg, you, you have to cross your fingers if the rookie gets his opportunity to go in and start there. Can he hold up for four quarters and play well? Because he's been in and out of the lineup with different injuries during training camp. So I'm sure they're going to have mix and match uh, offensive line uh, during the week at practice and see where they feel the best and most confident going into the game. But that will be huge if Austin Jackson can't line up. And I agree, COVID is going to play a factor each and every week with you know every NFL team across the league. 
The great John Kajemi with us here on 940 Wins, 1230 The Zone, around the world on the iHeartRadio app. The Greek comes your way 3 o'clock this afternoon, doing his thing after a long weekend. Marlins baseball tonight, 14-11. and 11. Is it doable in the deal Volkswagen run for 71? Most would think not, but uh, the miracles do happen. So uh, we'll see if they can't get off on a little bit of a roll against the staggering New York Mets tonight. The Mets have been red hot all of a sudden. They're playing some clown ball, uh, and they'll be in town tonight for a 6:40 first pitch. Mets and the Marlins on the radio stations this evening. And Kyle Seeloff kicks off the coverage at 6 o'clock. Back with more with John Jemmy, Dateline Dolphins in a moment. Now that. The time. 9.36. All right, we welcome to the show, and back by popular demand, uh, the man made a dynamite debut here, as, as we would have expected, yep. right? A true professional, uh, has been doing college football forever, pro football, part of the Finn Siders team when they were uh, broadcasting here on the radio station. The great John Kinjemi out of Youngstown, Ohio, joins us here on the show. John, how are you, my friend? I am doing great. You're right, Luby. That was awesome. I, I loved uh, <laughs> the opening of this uh, this hour. That was terrific. <laughs> Scared to live in daylight out of me, I my know, friend. I know, it's not good. It was, it was like some kiss of death coming up to you at the track and saying, oh, yeah, I just heard you bet the seven. I like them, too. And you're like, what? Oh, geez, you know, we've been mushed. Oh, hey, Defoe, that reminds me. Thanks a lot for the uh, Kentucky Derby insight as well. Well, if you bet my picks, you had the exacta if they were paying off on 10th and 11th coming in. <laughs> Enjoy your trip to work with lots of laughs. Thanks to Defoe and Luby. Now on the Defoe Show. Some would say it's okay to be mid-packed, but in sports, uh, that doesn't really work out that well, as uh, was the case with my derby picks there, right right in the middle of the field, there, 10th and 11th. Now, the Dolphins have been mid-packed for a long time, although uh, last year they made some noise until they got blown out by Buffalo in the season finale, and that knocked them out of the playoffs. 17 games this year. So you'll have to look at things uh, from a slightly different angle. We welcome back to the show on Dateline Dolphins with John Kajemi, the great John Kajemi, uh, here, brought to you by Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Uh, John, uh, the Miami Dolphins last year, uh, I mean, I, you, you can't help but think they overachieved in terms of uh, winning 10 of 16 ball games, And then uh, maybe was that a dose of reality at the end of the season? Are they that much, in your opinion, behind the Buffalo Bills who – Many people feel, and I have a tough time accepting this as reality, that the Buffalo Bills will not only be in, but win the Super Bowl this year. I don't know what your feeling is on that. I don't know if Buffalo's going to win the Super Bowl this year. I wouldn't go that far, but they're definitely going to challenge. They're one of the best teams in the AFC. Uh, They're the best team in the AFC East. There's no question about that on paper. Now you have to go out and play the games. But when you look at what they have and what they do and how well they define their roles and how well that they execute those. Um, They do it with more consistency than anybody else uh, in the AFC. So I I would think for the Miami Dolphins to close the gap and be able to challenge uh, to win the division, they're going to have to split against the Buffalo Bills. They're going to have to sweep, obviously, the Jets. And they're going to have to sweep the, the New England Patriots right now. I don't know if they can do – they're good enough to do that. Now, there's a whole season yet to be played. No one's snapped the ball. No one's kicked anything off. But on paper, and what you've seen from last year transitioning to this year, the Buffalo Bills are the king of the AFC East, and it's up to the Miami Dolphins to be able to accept that challenge, not only in week one to get a road win against New England, but to, to come home to Hard Rock Stadium 
and find a way. If you're going to win one of those two games, it's got to be at home. Find a way to win in week two against a team. Everybody's uh, betting that they're the, they're the clear favorite to win the division. All right. Many people feel the fat man will make amends this year, that that was somewhat of an aberration at Kansas City. What wasn't able to win the Super Bowl last year. And in horse racing, people make this mistake all the time where they're constantly betting a horse that won its last race, say, in spite of the fact that many times horses never win back-to-back races, especially at the lower levels, uh, not necessarily so much in the stakes category. But uh, is it a mistake to believe that Kansas City and Tampa will repeat and find their way back into the Super Bowl? Um, yeah, I think so. It's tough. Uh, the, the NFL is a grind. And, you know, injuries play such a big role and a big part in what you're doing as a football team. Once you get on a roll and you're winning games, you feel invincible. You feel like there's nobody that can beat you on any given Sunday or Thursday night or Monday night. Um, you, you feel like you, you, you've got the better team. No matter who you're going up against, you, you're going to find a way to win as long as you can execute what you've done in your game plan and execute what you've done the week from the week before against a new set of schemes. So it w- it's always tough to repeat. The Kansas city has been that good in terms of being able to be in that conversation, you know, since Patrick Mahomes came on the scene uh, and they built around him. Um, I think they are that good to, to definitely be in the conversation because you only have a handful of teams in the AFC. You know, Kansas City, naturally, Buffalo's there. Pittsburgh's going to be there again. I'm not so sure if Tennessee is going to be on par with those guys, but they're definitely in the conversation. So you've only got a handful of teams that you're competing against to get to where you need to be to play for a Super Bowl championship. Yeah, Kansas City's that good, guys. Uh, Sorry to, you know, bring I think I'm in a long list of people that agree, but they're that good. I like a little Pittsburgh bias you worked in there, too, John Kajemi. I'm not sure that uh, Roethlisberger <laughs> will, will be still standing when the scorched earth comes around. It'll be Roethlisberger and the cockroach, the only two species left. <laughs> we, we know that, but I, I don't know uh, where the Steelers are. They're, they're always competitive, though, which is something that uh, you would have to hope that any franchise would be. Uh, you didn't mention the Ravens, though, and uh, I think Eric Dickerson is in for a workout today. <laughs> you mentioned health being a big factor in the NFL, and I'm watching a crawl on ESPN last night on SportsCenter, and it seems like Le'Veon Bell, know, maybe a third of the teams, uh, you know, have had some significant player loss for the season already. And yeah, Le'Veon Bell was working out there, and I think Johnny Hector was also taking a few snaps. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting in in Baltimore because <clears throat> that's a run first team. That's a play action quarterback run, uh, north south running team first. And they like to win the line of scrimmage and beat you with possession, beat you with their quarterback, uh, you know, kind of looking at the run. And all of a sudden, a, a big play comes from Jackson to Hollywood, you know, down down the middle of the field for six points. So it's going to be interesting to see what John Harbaugh does. Does he Is he able to get a veteran running back to mask some of the guys that they've lost at the position, some young guys? And um, they're one of those teams, you know, that division, you know, Cleveland Browns, I didn't mention them. They're going to be good this year. They have a talented football team. So it's yeah. going to take, you know, eight, nine, ten wins in a, in a black and blue division to see who comes out on top. And, and injuries always do play a big role in that. Surprised to see how many players were out for the season already. Uh, you know, there's always 
going to be an issue with injuries in the National Football League, but this was before they played a game. They lessened the preseason, and guys are tearing Achilles in practice, and a lot of significant players are already on the shelf. All right, so we'll come back, wrap things up on a Dateline Dolphins with John Kajemi. Dolphins get it underway this Sunday against the New England Patriots. The NFL cranks up 2021 on Thursday night. Dallas traveling to Tampa Bay and Raymond James to take on the defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. The network must have had some pull in picking that one, huh? They get America's team against uh, the defending Super Bowl champ. A way to start it out. And uh, I would imagine uh, there might be a a couple of suitcases full of cash still to be picked up on uh, making that matchup to open up the NFL season. Although Goodell is no fool. He wants eyeballs on TV. And uh, we'll come back and wrap things up with John at Dateline Dolphins here on a Tuesday, usually with us Mondays, 9 to 10, always outstanding. John Kajemi coming back with more with John in a moment. Now that. The time... It's 9.50. We welcome to the show John Jemmy, who joins us for Dateline Dolphins. Uh, John, how are you, my friend? Depot, I'm doing well, and that's not the only thing that's going to reach a new height. I'll be at about 220, 225 after this football season if we visit too much. <laughs> down at uh, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Grab a bagel and a schmear, plus some Defoe and Luby. Welcome back to the Defoe Show. All right, don't forget tomorrow, as uh, we welcome Destination Sport Miami to the program with their launch party. We'll have uh, Brian Trottier on the program, soccer coach, a uh, very distinguished soccer coach, U.S. women's soccer team, won all those championships. Jill Ellis be with us. Levon Hernandez, love you, Miami. Glenn Rice, G-Money. And John Kajemi, Randy Moss is going to be with us. Uh, we pose this question. I guess uh, most people would say go-to guy, greatest receiver all time, Jerry Rice. Where does Randy Moss rank in your opinion? If you were throwing a Randy Moss in college at the University of Pittsburgh, would you have been a first overall pick in the NFL draft? <laughs> I'm not so sure that would have happened, but it would have helped. Uh, yeah. Randy Moss was an unbelievable receiver. He's got to be in the top, I don't know, three, top four, five receivers uh, all time. I mean, just terrific uh, a weapon. No matter where he was on the field, you had to know where he was, and you had to make sure you paid special attention to him, that's for sure. Yes, excellent, and of course, uh, you know, had uh, two different careers, basically, uh, with uh, the Minnesota Vikings, and then, uh, you know, was such a staple there with Brady. Brady seems to do well with bad boy uh, wide receivers, huh? He loves Antonio Brown, uh, also. Yes. Can't seem to go anywhere without uh, him, but uh, Randy Moss uh, kind of uh, resolved some of his issues uh, over time, and now is uh, a commentator. He'll be with us tomorrow on the program. John, always a pleasure, my friend. See if uh, you can start working on that date. I can't wait to get back there. That was as much fun as I've ever had. Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, uh, just a tremendous time down there, and it's great having Jimmy on the show. A lot of insightful stuff about football. Uh, thanks, as always, for being with us. Thanks for rearranging your schedule, and we'll talk to you again next Monday. Hey, had a lot of fun, guys. Enjoyed it, and talk to you next week. All right, be well, John. Thank All right, John Kajemi, ladies and gentlemen. Dateline Dolphins, and uh, we'll have a Dolphin game to talk about next week with John on the show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.